Checking out a nice pair of jugs. Getting all muddy with the boys. Chugging cold beer. You are now tuning in to the Big Daddy Jones Show. Hosted by yours truly, Big Daddy Jones. So sit your ass down and get ready for some real shit. Everybody, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast today. We're going to be talking about a few things, you know, just the normal life type stuff, but you can really never truly have the things that you need and desire because, of course, in some shape or fashion, they're going to disappear. Something similar to a doorway in a horror movie that continues to change direction and location as you try to navigate the house. Where, you know, I assume you're being chased by a monster of some sorts, but we can get into that later. The main thing I want to talk about right now is not being able to have your wants and desires found by someone who lives in the apartment above you. Yeah, sure, they're up there just chilling all day, but... What if they came down for that sugar request? And no, I'm not talking about kissing. I'm talking about actually granulated sugar. One of the few things in life that we can truly accept as one of our own. It comes to me in a surprise that most people don't think about these sorts of things whenever they're just perusing their home. But if you do the math yourself you can figure out that that person upstairs probably will give you that sugar. And hell, if you say yes, they might give you some actual sugar afterwards. Because, you know, getting kisses and stuff is super cool. But the needs and desires of it all are just one big, large doorway of a sorts that would make you see things differently. I don't know about you whenever you think about these sorts of things, but when I think about my needs and desires... I think about people and food and, you know, entertainment as a sorts. But honestly, you can't really live without those things. Because if you're surrounded by a thousand people and you, your brain keeps making these now this politics short videos for Facebook and the square format. You're never really going to see the true picture, you know, what life's throwing at you. I mean, you could, you could always check back and, you know, see what's going on later, but if you're checked out in that moment, what are you going to miss? You might find something valuable in those small moments of time where your brain would normally wander off somewhere else, but you stay in the moment. And that really just wants to bring, that really brings together the entire essence of this podcast what do you say to someone who genuinely loves just thinking about dying because like there's a few people in this world that like to talk about a bunch of things but they never talk about death as in the funny thing that it is I mean we've all watched cartoons growing up death can be funny it can be cartoonish it can have these crazy entrances, crazy exits, and you could really never know where it's coming from because 
you see these things going on around you. You can't really put a finger on where it's coming from. Like right now, I can probably imagine someone in a desert of sorts running very fast towards the edge of a cliff, thinking that they'll be able to stop themselves. But as they get to the edge, they keep running, and their legs move, flailing, trying to get that last bit of ground to be able to push themselves further. But it probably won't happen because Roadrunner, you know, isn't a real thing. It's a shame, honestly, because Looney Tunes was a show. Not just any show, a TV show. And one that inspired a generation to never look their parents or anyone older than them in the eyes and to trust the actions and thoughts of small animated characters. One that has a gun and the other one that's a rabbit. There's even a duck. But, you know, you never truly understand these things until you get older. The way you look at life, you know, it's something that will cross your mind and honestly it will happen in the weirdest of times just because you're thinking about different things going on I mean for me like the main thing I think about is opportunities and opportunities missed and what those sorts of things can tell about a person who's thinking about them because if you're always thinking about things that could have happened or should have happened or did happen and there's nothing you can do about it there's just you're going to be stuck in that mind that you know that that mindset of trying to compare everything to something else you know experiences can be different if you let them be different because you always set these high expectations for life and you know if you really look at it it's not that fancy i mean we're here but Honestly, I think we can all relate this life thing back to Looney Tunes just because Bugs Bunny is one hell of a rabbit and he totally understands the aspects of life that some of us can't, you know? When I think about life, you know, as one big thing, you never truly understand it as a complex situation no I'm not trying to say a bunch of different words to sound like a human thesaurus I am trying to sound like a dictionary though because my vocabulary is insane I was born at the age of 13 where I learned to walk and talk backwards my mind works in ways that most people can't even fathom you know you think about these things and your mind just tends to race but mine walks but it's walking faster than the rest of y'all. I don't know why, but it's just walking. Hell, I even hit a slight jog one time and I almost blew up the entire world. You know, it's those things that really put the rest of your own life into perspective. You know, I would never sit here and boast about the fact that I can jump 13 stories up flat-footed without even running. You know, that's just a thing that I can do. I mean, a lot of other people say bullshit you can't jump like that I mean who are you I'll be like you know what I could be a superhero you'd never know that just by looking at me but you know after my first visit to the White House to talk to President Obama he looked at me and he said those famous lines that he's always said you know 
Gotta have them ribs. And pussy too. You know, that really struck a chord with me because I do enjoy a good rack of ribs every once in a while, especially from Memphis, Tennessee. If we're going to shout out someplace, it'll be Rendezvous, where I actually invented and was a co-owner back when it started. But on the other subject, pussy. You know, uh, I look at pussy as something that is attainable. You know, for me, I just look at a girl and she just walks over to me and throws herself at me. And, you know, it's hard to really empathize with with someone who does not have that same ability because... I, I was born different, you know, I'm built different. I have been on 17 black ops missions to wherever I'm needed in the world to handle massive large scale conflicts just by myself. They just, they, they've run out of options. So they have my number and they choose to call me because I put myself out there. That's that opportunity talking again, because if you don't take advantage of the opportunities that you're given, naturally and by your own making well life's gonna be pretty difficult for you you know uh i don't really have an answer for you just because you know i was born the way i am i am genetically faster stronger smarter i have much more sex appeal than the average man and those those things all add up they all add up to a sort of persona that i display and act out in the world. You know, when I get home, I love to punch holes in my drywall. It's one of the ways it calms me down. And I've been told by many people this is a red flag, and this is something that people need to watch out for when making new friends. But genuinely, to me, it is just one of the most calming things out there. Destruction, you know, to say a a small idea of what it could be, is one thing that I could sit there and do for hours. You know, I've plotted out entire, you know, conflicts where I am the one taking power, but I don't do that. I fight for the people who hire me for money. You know, there's a whole side of like morality that comes with it, but you know, that can just be overlooked. And the place that I am currently in life, you know, multimillionaire, uh, considered a god by the current population that lives in, I guess, three quarters of the current countries that are not in the third world. I mean, there's some that are in some third world countries that truly do respect me. I've done a few things for them, you know. Uh, I fought back whenever we had these small humanoid creatures fall out of the sky Later turns out that there was an orphanage nearby that held uh, physically disabled children. And the locals decided to tell me that after I had fought all of them. Which was kind of a mishap, but was quickly handled by my pure, much more powerful intellect. That keeps me chugging along, you know? It's those types of things that happen, and you just have to kind of put it behind you. You know, you can't let those things weigh weigh down. Uh, yeah, I did slaughter 15 physically disabled seven-year-olds, but you know, my excuse is I was told they were aliens that fell from the sky, which I believe is a pretty good one. It took me about 0.1 nanoseconds to think up that response when I was, you know, cornered with the questions of why did you kill these people? You know, 
it comes to me in thought sometimes whenever I think about the different ways that earth can be recycled in a way. You know, some people may say this is gibberish, but I'm on another plane. You know, I am leagues above Charles Xavier if you read comic books, you know. Uh, you could consider me more to be like a, a Daniel Holler, his son, Legion. Uh, I'm an Omega-level mutant, but not really. Uh, not officially. I can't tell anybody that yet, but, you know, we'll see what happens in the future if I'm allowed to. You know, it's just the way we're born. Uh you might be born a dumbass. You might be born so fucking weak that you can't even pick up bricks. But that's just not me, you know? I like to think of it as a, you know, an answer to a problem that I haven't had the issue of fighting yet. You know, people envision these problems in their lives and they think about, what can I do to fix this? But, you know, you really have to approach it in a different way than that. You really have to just go in there and grab it by the balls. And, you know, if you can't find balls, just pick them up by their thigh or their calf. You never know because, you know, humans can be picked up by any part of their body. You know, I could pick someone up by their finger. I might pull the finger off if they're heavy enough or if I pull hard enough. But, you know, the concept is still there. It's not just like I'm stepping on air, which I actually can do, by the way, you know, some people can't do that, remember that whole TikTok challenge of stepping on air, you know, that could be something, but I truly will never know, because I can do that, I've been able to do that since I was born, I remember I, as my head came out of my mother, I was already looking up at the stars, counting them, to which I finished in 10 seconds before the rest of my body had been completely pulled out from my mother. To which the doctors responded with, damn, this kid is very smart. And what's up, dude? And to their surprise, I could already speak fluent pretty much every language that has ever existed. And I could tell these doctors things about their past that they had never heard before. You know, things about their families that has been that have been troubling them since, like, they first had it happen. Or things that they didn't even know it happened that could be used to calm them. Or, in my case, manipulate them to getting me out of that hospital as fast as I could. You know, I love my parents, but when you're born that much superior to everyone else... It's hard to relate. I mean, sure, I've had countless lovers in the past, but that's more for a sexual standpoint. I do not find much gratification from simply being with someone, talking to them, or even looking at them. Yes, beauty is great, but what about my pleasure? What about, what are you going to do for me? Because I honestly could do anything for you. Literally anything. My knowledge and ability knows no bounds. So, I mean, you ask a question, I can answer it like that. But when it comes to me and what I need and what I want, I approach it similar to The Undertaker. You know, the famous WWE superstar that has reigned terror on both SmackDown and Raw over the years. You know, he's a real go-getter. He killed his old manager, uh, buried him in cement to be exact, which is something I've done before. I'm not proud of it, but it happened. Uh, he enjoys staying underneath the ring and popping out at opportune moments, which is what I like to do. You know, stay in the dark 
and wait for that perfect moment to strike. You know, ever since I became a vampire, I had to learn how to do those sorts of things because you can't really just launch yourself at people in public, especially not in the light, you know, with natural sunlight, which, you know, can be very damaging to me. But that was only a problem until I discovered a cure for that ailment, which plagues most vampires. I haven't given that out yet, but, you know, some things just don't need to be given out. You know, I need to reign supreme. And while we're talking about that, it's time for our second ad read. This podcast is brought to you by Satan, the man downstairs. Oh, however grateful we are for him. You know... Speaking of Satan, uh, I had a few talks with him. You know, I talked with him for a little bit uh, the other night. I was bored, and I decided to call him, which he genuinely hates that I can do that. He's like, every time he's like, how can you do this? I mean, even God can't call people, which is, you know, pretty funny to me because it just shows just how much better I am than everyone, including God. And, you know... Most people like to argue this. My God's true, yours isn't, you know, vice versa. It's a big argument. It's caused many wars. All of them are real. Every single one of them. There's not one that doesn't exist. You think of it, he becomes real in your thought. And I know this because I've seen the place where they're made. I actually set it up. I went back in time just through the power of thought and set up a center for creating gods. So when someone would have a problem or need guidance in a certain way, whether that be, be, you know, starting a farm and needing somewhere to put stuff uh, and make sure that that farm is bountiful and provides a good harvest, then when they think about that and they pray to whatever deity they think they're praying to or what they want, a new God's created. It was part of some software I developed with someone who will not be named. You know, they uh, we signed, they signed an NDA because I didn't, but they did because, you know, although they were smart and they, you know, helped out, I didn't need them. I was required to have someone with me for 24 hours for a total of about 15 years of my life just because... They didn't know what I was up to. They didn't know what I was capable of at that time, and they still don't, but they didn't know what I was up to, really. They thought that something was going to happen that they didn't want to look bad for, you know? When you think about it that way, knowing that I'm more powerful than gods as a, in a whole, you know, as a whole, and when I say gods, plural, you know, from what I just said, but knowing that I'm more powerful just gives me so much pleasure and Satan absolutely hates that. You know, he's just a funny guy. Uh, you know, you know, everyone knows the story. He fell from grace after he decided that he didn't want to fall in line behind God because he wanted free will. And, you know, most stories like to say that he wanted to be worshiped and people to live under him. But really that was put forward in more of a Christian context to show the importance of God. But, you know, Satan, it, He's just this guy, you know, he wants to be himself, you know. He's one of the coolest guys I've ever met, actually. Uh, I visited him a couple times down in hell, which is not that far away, if you think. Like, it's not that, it's, might not be, might be for y'all, but for me, it's two snaps, and I just think about it, and uh, I'm there. So it could be, honestly, forever away, or in another plane of existence. But his house there 
I mean, I feel like everyone needs to go see it once. Even if that means you're going to be damned forever and you're going to be down, you're going to be in hell. Uh, I really do think you should see it because it is a beautiful sight. The amount of detail that went into that house is something I've never seen before. And I've seen every building known to man. I mean, this isn't, I'm not joking around here. I've visited every single building known to man and I've still visit them because they're still being built, which makes me happy that there are still some places that haven't been, you know, developed such as national forests and large areas of land that have, that are hard to reach. So companies do not attempt to build there, but, you know, this house down there, it was like something I'd never seen before. I mean, he was playing cards with Hitler and uh, I think Mother Teresa was there with him. And they were playing cards. With, uh, that's a story for another day. But they were playing cards together. And I walked in and it was just this large foyer of just paintings. It's all these paintings of life as it, you know, just life. There wasn't any specific type of theme to the house. I mean... It honestly could boil down to freedom, in a sense, uh, just being yourself and doing what you want. But I feel like that would be too simplified for to fit the entire narrative that I feel like he's kind of go with, which honestly fights against the word narrative itself because it's freedom. Every point doesn't have a, a point that it's going towards in a straight line. It all just kind of spirals out like those old games that used to be on iPhone that I made. You know, the ones with the balls and there's like little, you have to like get them all in a rotating circle. And if they hit, uh, you fail. Well, back when I made those, I was trying to envision what could possibly, you know, describe how his artwork, you know, is. What message it portrays, but... Every time I'm down there, he always tells me to just knock it off and come hang out, which is honestly surprising because he seems so pissed off every time I call him. But uh, the other day we were talking and uh, went down there to go meet him and we sat around and talked for a little while. We talked about the things that were going on currently. You know, this is, we're not but a couple weeks out from the large event that happened at the Capitol. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I had no, I played no part in that, and they tend to think I do, and I don't want to be the bad guy anymore. I just want to be Satan, you know. And I said, I totally get that, you know. You politics are completely insignificant to you. I mean, you are just you're a being superior to every other being except for me, which he doesn't like me pointing out. But you know, he tries to compare his life to other people, you know. And I always tell them, you can't be doing that. Because, I mean, you can. You can look at your life and compare it. Seeing how if it's, not in the sense of if it's better or worse, but more in the sense of how am I different from that other person. The uh, different ways that I see it could be that you could compare your interest with somebody. Like, what do I want out of life that they might not? And when you look at it that way, you can kind of see your, how unique you are as a person. Which kind of brings it back to this entire theme for this first episode of the podcast. Uh, you know, wants and needs. You know, we, it might feel like we've gone off on a tangent, but 
Trust me, we haven't. I've completely thought out every podcast I will ever create. They're all written down. I know exactly what I'm going to talk about, and it's all going through an, a large, you know, joined idea. A joined idea of different beliefs and, and uh, things that people see. But when you try to look in it, into it any deeper, you can really mess yourself up. I've done that a couple of times, you know. I got real pissed off one night because this woman was being very vulgar to me. Not in the same sense of vulgarity that you would think of, but, you know, in a much more, you know, large scale. It was Mother Gaia, you know, Mother Earth. And I was having this argument with her, and she looked at me, and she said, You were a mistake. You were not meant to be born. And I I was taken aback by that, you know? And I didn't know what to say at first, which was odd, because I've always had nanosecond reactions. And we met eyes. You know, we locked eyes, and I looked at her and I said, it doesn't matter if I'm a mistake or if I'm not a mistake. I'm here, bitch. Let's play. And she did not like that. Twitch, she slapped me, and I got so angry that I actually disintegrated the entire fabric of the universe. Now, this wasn't our current, you know, the listener's current reality. Uh... It was a completely different one that I had traveled to in search of a perfect reality. One where nothing had ever gone wrong. One where everything was perfect. And sure, there are some trade-offs because some people enjoy the wrongdoings. But there was a sense of hope in searching for that uh, reality. Which can only be described as, you know, peace. I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, fully that it would be peace, but I would say that it would be different. It would be a world without pain, without suffering, a world without torment, without war. And most people are probably sitting there thinking, well, he's obviously talking about heaven, which I've been there. And trust me, the hype isn't. It's overhyped. I mean, it's just you and you're going to church every single day. And if you're going to church on Sundays and you are not liking that shit, trust me, you're better off just going to hell because it's that shit 24-7. You know, you're not stopping. You're going to be doing that for all eternity, which really makes you think, why Why would you want to go there? I mean, personally, me, I would just like to, you know, do whatever I please, but that's just because I you know physically and mentally can. Not so much in your case. You would have to plan that out in a different way. But, you know, I totally understand where you're coming from whenever you talk about it like that. You know, I see things in different ways. I can envision certain areas of life that normally wouldn't be able to be had, you know. I feel like that's just a side effect of my abilities, though, because honestly, life can be pretty crazy. When you look at it a certain way, life can be pretty crazy. 
And, you know, there's just a few things that you can really picture as a whole. You know, I may not have a guest on this first podcast, but I'm currently sitting across from somebody that I have created just for that purpose. Uh, You can't see them. If you walked in right now, you would think I'm talking to a wall. But in my head, there's someone sitting right there. Now, you may look at me and say, "I might, Jones, you're probably schizophrenic. I'm not. I am just all-powerful. Uh, that's a co- completely different thing. I mean, pe- people get put into mental asylums for that, and it's completely different as their subconscious is creating these voices and beings. My brain, my functioning brain, is creating them in physical form. You just can't see them. They are, you know, whoever, whoever I wanted to be. Uh, sometimes I just pick out random people and we'll hang out with them for the day, you know, just doing dude shit, you know, just being boys or guys and girls, you know, you never know. You might have a desire to want to hang out with a chick, you know, just be like, Hey, yo, I got a story for you. And then they'll be like, tell me that shit. And you just kind of let them know. I mean, one time I was hanging out with a guy whose name you probably know. You Sylvester Stallone. You probably know him. I, I guarantee it. You probably have all seen Rocky. But me and Sylvester were sitting there, and I looked at him. I was like, yo, Sil Dog, what are we about to do? And, you know, he said in his little Bell's Palsy mumbly-ass voice, whoa. And I said, dude, you got to speak the fuck up. Like, I can't sit here and tolerate you mumbling our way through our chats. I genuinely can't. And he didn't like that. He fucking squared up on me and said, and I still couldn't understand him. Genuinely, I couldn't. And I had to disintegrate him. I mean, sure, he wasn't the real Sylvester Stallone. He was a complete copy of him from that current moment in which I summoned him. But the idea of Sylvester Stallone mumbling his way through conversations that we were having, which is, you know, not one that I wanted to have at that certain moment, you know? But that's just one of those things that you have to get past when you're at my level of superior. You know, I'm much more superior. I'm much... It's funny because I chose to, you know, jumble my words a little bit there just for, you know, comic relief because this whole podcast has been nothing but pure facts and complete works of art in word form. You know, I can speak to you. I can whisper in your ear and let you know that I'm always going to be here for you. But then I could turn around and stab you in the back and let you know that you're a cheap son of a bitch. But it doesn't work that way when it's me because I can do all of those things at once. I can, you know, look you in the eye and tell you that I love you. But the moment those words come to my mouth, there's a second layer that says I hate you. And you'll never be able to guess which one I mean. Which really puts people into a different you know, mindset when they're talking to me. They can never decide exactly what I'm talking about, which is honestly hilarious. You know, I try to keep it that way just to make sure that 
the conversations I'm having are unique in a way because I've had so many of them. I've literally talked to everyone, whether they know it or not. But, you know, enough about me. Let's talk about the world currently. You know, I was having dinner with a guy that I truly despise the other day, Ben Shapiro. And we were discussing life and the choices that were given to us at birth. You know, Ben Shapiro, if you don't know who he is, he's this guy who talks so fast that you would think he's saying smart shit, that he's come prepared and he knows his stuff. But when you like truly dissect it or put him, put him next to someone who is smart, who knows their stuff, he just gets folded like a chair. And he honestly can't get over that. So when I was talking to him, he was just in a complete state of disarray because he could not get over the fact that I was just making him look like an idiot. He would just always talk about these things like, well, if you look at it this way, AOC's feet look delicious. And I would respond in a way that would upset him. I would look him in the eyes and I would tell him, AOC's feet don't particularly look delicious, but that's just because I'm not into feet. You might be, but you're wrong. She probably has really big feet. She probably has like the widest foot and they're probably super hairy and they probably got a lot of crud underneath overgrown toenails, you know? And when I said that, I think Ben likes that because he instantly got excited. He started kind of jumping around his seat and I didn't know how to stop him. So I had to shoot him in the back of the head, but I just created another one, like, you know, loaded a quick, loaded up a quick save that I had recently done. And we continued talking and I refrained from talking about the grossness of her feet for the rest of that conversation to make sure that that didn't happen again. You know, sometimes when you consider all that you've done and all the people you've talked to, you see things in a different light, you know? You can look somebody in the eyes and truly understand where they're coming from. Even if they haven't said a, like a single word, they could. you could just look them in the eyes and be like, yeah, that guy's a serial rapist. That guy likes to murder people. That guy likes to fight people. You know, like you can just kind of see it. And, you know, with me, just because of the way I am, I'm always right. I always know. So while I was looking at Ben Shapiro's eyes, I started to piece together exactly what kind of person he is. He excused himself to go to the bathroom during our conversation at one point, and after he gotten up, I slowly walked behind him once he was in there, and I opened the bathroom door, which for some reason he left unlocked. And to my surprise, he was in there making out with Jordan Peterson, who, sarcastic, like, you know, it was funny that Jordan Peterson was wearing red lipstick when he particularly is not fond of red lipstick on women, especially in the workplace. But him and Ben Shapiro were just going at it. They were locking arms and 
Ben Shapiro was gripping Jordan Peterson's ass. I'll just call him by that first name from now on to make it easier for you. But Ben looked Jordan in his eyes and said, nothing can ever break us apart. And for a moment I heard that and I stepped back. Those words were so pure yet so fierce. And I commended Ben for that afterwards once I told him I had seen all of this, which he did not like. <laughs> he was like, you saw nothing. You saw nothing, which I told him. It doesn't matter what you say right now. I saw that, and I saw what you said to Jordan Peterson. He said, you like that? I said, I did. You know, It's something you don't hear much from people. And it was at that moment that Jordan Peterson came out of the bathroom. Surprised that I had realized that he was there and what him and Ben were doing. He walked over to me. He said, you know, guys, I want to tell you something, too. I really love Ben Shapiro. And I want people to know it. Which, you know, fucking shocker there. I'd already seen what they were doing and only could imagine what they've been doing at other times. So... I sat both of them down, looked at them in their eyes and said, you know, because I, I can look in different directions with my eyes and talk to many people at the same time, you know, professionally. And I looked at them. I said, guys, you got to give in. You got to let them know. You got to let the world know if this is the genuine you. You can't hide this. It'd be, I mean... It'd be much harder if y'all had opposing ideologies to each other. I'm like, we get started on how much y'all talk about the stuff that y'all are just doing. But you gotta let everyone know. And you gotta give in. Because if you don't give in, what have you really done in your life Like that's worth talking about? If you don't truly respect each other and love each other enough to let the world know how you feel, have you really proven anything? Have you really shown each other the depths of your love? And that really struck a chord with them. They sat there for like, you know, five minutes, silent. And, you know, it, it normally would have been awkward for someone to sit there silent for that long, but, you know. I don't even know what awkward feels like. But I can only just imagine how they were feeling inside because here are these two guys, super ultra right-wing conservative people and they've you know sold these ideas that being gay is wrong. Here they are having to come to terms with the fact that maybe they are gay. Maybe they just want to get it on with Jordan Peterson. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Ben Shapiro pitches. Maybe he catches. You never know. He looks. He, he screams more of a bottom to me, but well, so does Jordan. But, you know, I don't know how that works. But uh, it was quite shocking to see just how much unchecked uh, 
thoughts were going through their head at that moment. And they looked at me after thinking about it for a little while. After they looked at each other and sort of signaled to each other that they were in agreement. So Ben looked at me and he said, Sure, let's go for that leap. Jordan and I together, we can do anything. The world cannot stop us. We are one. We will be the greatest ultra-right-wing conservative gay lovers on this planet. I stood there. I didn't stand. I was floating. Uh, You know, I choose not to sit or stand. I like to float. But I was there and looked down at him. I said, you go do that. You be the person that you want to be. And it was like they'd never been told that in their entire life. It was something of miracles, you know. And I consider myself to be a miracle worker, so I get kind of used to them. But seeing their eyes light up like they've been told they can go outside and play after studying all day. It was like giving food to a dog every morning. That's just like, oh, yeah, let me get it. Let me eat this. So after we talked for a little bit more about how they're going to do that, I said, I'm probably about to head out. And the moment I walked out, they said, thank you. I closed the door, and I immediately heard the loudest Sounds of lovemaking I've ever heard in my entire life. It was like somebody was getting bricked into a wall inside of a basement and wanted to let somebody know that they were in there. It was wild. I mean, I sat there in disbelief for a couple seconds before I walked out. Like, who are these people? Like, how are they absolutely destroying each other like that? Like, how is that possible? These two guys who couldn't be less considered, couldn't be considered less as sexual beings. I mean, like when have you, I mean, there, I'm sure there are some people online that are probably writing stories about Ben and Jordan with themselves or with each other. But in the, I would say regular, not regular, that's a wrong word to use, but in the general population and people that are on the internet, people that are just around, I doubt many people consider them to be, you know, attracted to them in any way. I mean, I, I've yet to hear about someone throwing themselves on their knees for Ben Shapiro. Like, what woman? I've, I haven't met one yet, but I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are some cousin lovers out there that genuinely want to get their hands on Ben or Jordan. I mean, shout out the Canadians out there that probably do too, you know? But you never really think about that. It's just hearing I don't know who it was. It, I mean, their voices, they're, they just kind of mumbled in together. And uh, it was honestly pretty wild. And I didn't know what to think at first. And uh, I just heard someone in there getting their cheeks absolutely clapped. So, I mean, you can kind of say that I saw something from a different perspective than, I guess, the rest of everyone else. But... It kind of comes back to my point at the beginning of this episode of desires and wants and getting those things. If you truly desire something, if you really want 
to have something in your life that you know might be wrong, different, not normal in society, not considered normal at least. There really is, I mean, you can get as weird as you want. But if you desire something, what's stopping you from going and get it? getting it? I mean, I feel like the, the Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson story alone should make you see that there is no limit to what you can do. There's no limit. There's nothing stopping you. If those two people can get together and make each other wail out in pleasure for hours and days, what's stopping you from, you know, picking up that second library book, you know, getting that one you always wanted, maybe going, being around your family more, seeing people you love, you know, and I tend to come back to that whenever I think about that story. And I thought that'd be a perfect place to start this podcast because you only get to see something like that once. You know, I probably will never get to see Ben Shapiro just absolutely gripping the skin off of Jordan Peterson's ass while making out in the bathroom. I'll never get to see that again. And, you know, on some most levels, I am happy I won't have to see that again because they obviously did not know what they were doing. They were just kind of almost looking for a, a needle in a dark room. But part of me is like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't be too mad if I walked in that again on accident. You know, it kind of be like, whoa, okay, okay, I see you. I see you, Benny boy. I see you. And it's just kind of one of those things you're like, it's like seeing somebody get hit with a car, you know? It's awful. I mean, it's all of a sudden. But if you see that it's about to happen and there's literally nothing you can do to stop it, am I not the only person that kind of just doesn't turn their head? It's like watching somebody fail on live TV. You know that it's just wrecking them. It is just destroying them. But there's just that sense of damn that goes in your head. And I kind of consider that to be the same as the whole Ben thing, you know? Yeah, he might have a serious thing for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's feet, but he doesn't let that get in the way of his love for Jordan. You know, I could see them inviting me to their wedding because, you know, I came up with that. You know, I gave them that opportunity to go and do that. But they truly are indebted to me. And that's something I wanted to touch on today. Just because you have to take those opportunities. You can't let society hold you down. You can't let someone look in the eyes and say you can't. You can't look at other people's accomplishments, value yourself, like compare them to yourself saying that, oh, they're so much smarter or so much better than me. You can't do that. You genuinely have to look at the thing you want to do in a different light. Because if you look at it that way, it doesn't look so high and mighty anymore. Or... It could be high and mighty. That's why you're doing it. You want to chase that thrill. You want to do something crazy. But it's attainable. Now, you're probably sitting there thinking, well, Jones, you are a genetically superior being. You surpass all of us 
and your mental and physical capabilities that honestly we can't even understand your power so how in the world can you understand our struggle with following our dreams or doing everything that we wanted going after those opportunities and all i can really say is you know i genuinely cannot picture a single time that i suffered the same thing that you are suffering but I like to think that I can. I can I feel like I can come pretty close to it just by my smart ass brain, you know, using my noggin to be able to see, you know, the state of all things that are currently plaguing you. But, you know, I feel like that might be where I'm going to end it today just because I feel like I've got the message across of opportunity and desire and needs and wants. So, I mean, if you're going to take anything from this episode, why don't you just take the idea of not comparing yourself to others. Don't look at them first and be like, oh, why can't I be like them? Or why can't I do that? They're just, you know, I can't because they are just better than me they're better looking or they're smarter or stronger or the list you know, the list can go on forever but instead of looking at it like that think about ways to kill them think about different ways that you could surpass them which you know if they're not there anymore it's not hard to surpass them so you know it's really just up to you it's really just up to you to be able to look at those things in a different light and change the way you see them if you sit there the entire time just picturing ways that you'll fail, you'll never be able to see the ways that you can succeed. So, you know, I feel like that's where I'm going to end the first podcast just because, the first episode of the podcast, just because I believe it's a good stopping point. Uh, stick around, I'm going to have one more ad read, and then I'll roll the credits. And I don't know when the next episode's going to be up, but I'm going to try to start putting these out on a I guess weekly basis or whenever I can so it might be a premium thing or it might be you know just like the the paper just be in there just look it up let's listen to a new one but I uh, just want to say thank you for joining me and I uh, hope you chase and capitalize on those opportunities you know chase your dreams so yeah I'm out This podcast was brought to you by Two Girls, One Cup, Two. What happens when we add another cup? This summer, Fox Searchlight presents Three Girls, Two Cups, One Dog, slowly pushing the boundaries that we think we have in film. See it in theaters on June 25th, only in Minnesota.